We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, hey, welcome back in for another episode of Finding Freedom right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. And I can see we already got one person watching here in our Lions of Liberty pride. And you too can watch along with these interviews, um, ask questions if you like, um, as we're recording them live. If you join the pride, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash lionsofliberty or lionsofliberty.locals.com. We'll love to have you. I'll introduce my guest here in a minute. We're going to be talking about Bitcoin primarily today. I'm sure we'll talk about other stuff as well. But uh, let's let's get right to it and bring in my guest today, Shane Hazel. Shane, if you run, you know, in the libertarian circles, you, you've heard of his name. I'm sure he's run for uh, public office. I think in Congress, Senate, and and for the governor down in uh, down in Georgia. So he has a wealth of experience in that area. He's also very much in the uh, the Bitcoin space. He's now working with Swan as a private account executive. He's, of course, the host of the Radical Podcast. He has a new podcast called the Bitcoin Veterans Podcast. And he's also the founder of the Brave PTSD Experience. And, of course, he's a Marine Corps veteran. So, Shane, welcome back to Finding Freedom, man. What a what an intro, man! Thank you very much. I appreciate. It. <laughs> Got a couple things going on these days. <laughs> God, yeah, you, you sound like you're kind of busy. I don't know. You got just a, a little bit busy. Yeah, you know, three kids and a and a, a homestead and homeschooling and everything else will will do it for you. And then to kind of put the cherry on top of it, add you know a, a, a foundation for veterans and po- post traumatic stress, launching a new show and a, a new career and all that fun stuff. It's it's been a heck of a year since I quote unquote kind of retired from politics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw you were out uh, out recently doing some deer hunting too. Yeah, man. Uh, my my little girl and I, we have the you know Thanksgiving Day tradition where we we slip down to the holler down there. It's what we call it here in the South, anyway. Um, slip down to the holler out here in Appalachia stand, and uh, you know it's, it's I'm, I'm spoiled to death. We've got uh, access to about two thousand acres out here of just private land, wow. and it is untouched Appalachian forest. And there's you know there's deer and there's bear and bobcats and fox and you you name it. There it's if it's if it is native to Georgia, it lives up here, and it's it's a pretty amazing place up here in the North Georgia Mountains. Is that public land, or is that no private land? <laughs> no, it's all no, no, it's private. I don't have to worry about uh, about too many idiots out here. There's uh, there's a couple of gates between me and civilization, and we are we literally we we kind of uh, back in 2019 when I saw the what was going on in the market, I really thought that mm-hmm. that was the uh, the money bubble that was popping in 2019 and it was, they covered it mm-hmm. up with, you know, COVID and everything. But, uh, I made the decision to get the hell out of suburbia and, and white picket fence America and move out here into the middle of God's country. And, you know, it's, it's served us well, you know, we've, we've kind of been insulated out here since doing that, you know, obviously the homeschool, uh, and, and working from home and all that kind of stuff. It's been, mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, it's, it's largely, you know, knock on wood missed us. And I think, you know, that's all just kind of attributed to kind of watching what money is and learning what money is. And I, you know, hopefully today we can help, uh, at least one or two people out there that are, uh, thinking about making some moves. So yeah, this is a, it's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I think this is really good, good timing to, uh, have a, you know, Bitcoin centric episode here on finding freedom. Um, you know, I think we're in the middle of a, a bull market now. Maybe you can speak to, to, to what you think about that. But Bitcoin in the past couple of days here has, has hit, a, I think, a 19-month high, broke uh, broke 44,000. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, If you could just, just talk a little bit about, just to introduce yourself to the people um, yeah. who don't know maybe your, your Bitcoin credentials, just share a little bit about how you got into Bitcoin and, and what you've been doing in the space. Yeah. So it's funny is, uh, about 2016, 2017, I started looking at Bitcoin. Um, as about the same time I was, you know, crafting my, my entrance into politics. And, you know, it was one of those places where, uh, in, in Bitcoin at the time, if you don't know Bitcoin history, like most, uh, you know, non-nerds don't know, uh, Bitcoin history. Um, there was this event called the block size wars in 2017, where a bunch of the larger, um, let's just say larger money funds and everything that are out there were trying to take over Bitcoin because they didn't think there was a, uh, enough transaction, uh, bandwidth on the base layer protocol, which, you know, in, in terms of understanding Hal Finney and his, you know, his thesis on Bitcoin and everything else, uh, who, some people say may have been Satoshi. Um, right. They they did kind of a soft fork, and these these giants that came in that were trying to change Bitcoin and and fork it, they they failed uh, because they didn't understand really you know what Bitcoin was. Bitcoin was you know built around security. So I started looking at Bitcoin then, and kind of came to the decision that I could only have one crazy girlfriend at a time, and that was either politics or Bitcoin, and I didn't know enough about Bitcoin to really commit. I knew enough uh, to get into politics, which uh, maybe I made the wrong choice. I have no idea. <laughs> so you picked but, the uh, super crazy girlfriend, and, and maybe not even the hot one. But No, man. Super, <laughs> super crazy. Lots of fun. Um, but, you know, you can't have two crazy girlfriends all at one time. Yeah. So I, I chose the crazier one that was, you know, such as life, you, you know, making making poor decisions. Uh, this is the, the name of the game here. So, uh, yeah, I started, you know, kind of loosely following Bitcoin and really dove into politics. And then about uh, 2019 is when I really got serious with Bitcoin. They had kind of ironed out the block size wars, uh, kept the, the code like it was and, you know, didn't didn't move from the base code and started to, you know, obviously get rid of the shit coins that I had. I, you know, at the time I was still kind of dabbling in crypto uh, during the block size wars. I really didn't understand that. Uh, crypto in general is really just a security. And for those of you guys that don't understand securities, securities are, you know, there's the, the, the greatest example is the US dollar. You know, the, the US dollar is this token that's printed out of thin air. And they tell us basically, you know, what the value of it is uh, through money manipulators and the Fed and the Treasury Department and it, everybody that likes to complicate finance. Um, and so I, I got into Bitcoin uh, and started diving down rabbit holes and uh, the Bitcoin only, you know, maximalist crowd just kind of adopted me at the same time while I was running for uh, Senate, I guess, at the time. And, you know, as as time went on, I was you know still in it and I was running for governor. I ran, you know, my whole 
you know, platform for governor on a Bitcoin standard. And, um, you know, I could probably gain some more attention uh, at that point. And then uh, in, I guess, 20, <clears throat> late 2022, I retired <laughs> and went uh, kind of on a, a six, seven month, uh, you know, vacation, if you will. And then uh, my buddies over at Swan were like, hey, man, what are you doing these days? And I said, I'm, I'm hanging out. And they're like, what do you think about coming and being an account executive for us over here at Swan? And I was like, sounds great. I'm, I talk about, you know, Bitcoin 24-7 with everybody anyway. I might as well be getting paid for it. And, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I was you know, ready to be, you know, all the way retired anyway. So it was one of those things where I was just like, yeah, this, this will work for the time being. Right. It seems like you're a guy who likes to uh, stay busy too. So you needed, needed something else to fill your plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta have purpose in this world, you know, one way yeah. or another, you know, and, and to, I guess maybe is, you know, to, to fill everybody in, you know, I went down the Austrian uh, rabbit hole after, you know, Ron Paul, uh, you know, 2008, 2012 campaigns. The guy, if, if you're a Ron Pauler and, you know, and you love what that guy did, you can't help but understand that that guy was so far in the weeds with what the Fed was, what the Treasury was doing, how they were manipulating our money. And you go back all the way to like, I think it was the the 1970s and uh, when, when Ron really started getting up, you know, like his passion came from when we depegged from gold, uh, you know, under, mm-hmm. under Nixon during Bretton Woods too. And you start to see how he talks about it. Like it's, a, it's a fiat's an infection that has absolutely uh, got into every transaction that we, we have. And to see that and then to understand, you know, the Austrian side behind what, what Bitcoin is and to see it codified, you know, you, you start to really go, Oh, wow. Wow, like this is this is every Austrian, you know, libertarian, you know, it, it's just their this their dream in in terms of a a real mechanism to start leveraging uh, power against the state. And once you see it, you're just like, okay, maybe my attention is best turned to building this new apparatus that's going to debase the Fed um, and and absolutely create chaos for these guys. Well. Preserving, you know, the the wealth that we've we've you know toiled long hard hours for uh, our mm-hmm. entire life, and so um, you know the Bitcoin was born out of the two thousand eight uh, meltdown, and you know the the, the cypherpunks that came up with it were the guys that were like, listen, this can never happen again. You know, this the, these bank bailouts where they print trillions and trillions of dollars on taxpayers while liquidating them through inflation. Is is the the whole impetus behind how Bitcoin came to be in the first place? Right. Um, I want to talk more about Swan in a minute, and you know, really the services offered there. But before before we do that, you you know, bring up Ron Paul. That uh, reminded me of something. So Ron Paul, obviously, you know, you mentioned uh, 1971, Brenton Woods, um, Nixon taking us off the gold standard. Ron, seemingly, and I think he still is, has always been like a hardcore. Gold Cold guy, um, yeah. as is Peter Schiff, um, f- famously so. Peter, I think, is still pretty, you know, against Bitcoin. I'm just yep. curious, like, and you, you kind of referred yourself before as a, a Bitcoin maximalist, and I, I think Bitcoin mas- maximalists are mostly all 100% Bitcoin over any gold. Do you do you feel that same way that you know if if someone gave you ten thousand dollars to invest, would you put it? all in Bitcoin and would you put some in gold or what, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, you know, here's the deal. Um, there, I'd be, you know, to to say I'm a Bitcoin maximalist, I am. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm a Bitcoin maximalist, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you guys, like I've got a lot of other things covered. Um, this this was, you know, this is an intentional process from a guy that was deeply paranoid after coming back from overseas about mm-hmm. what the U.S. government had in store because I got to see it up close and personal. Um, you know, being in the you know, Marine Corps Special Operations from 2001 to almost 2006. And, you know, you start to see like what it is and you get you get out and a lot of guys are very nihilistic. And, um, you know, I was nihilistic for a long time before I found Bitcoin. Um, and I obviously moved my family out to a homestead, started uh, homeschooling and tried to get as far away from population centers. I did overlays on maps, John, to, mm. you know, to, for population density, frost lines, uh, average rainfall, crop growing seasons, nuclear blast fallout. Like I was, I'm that guy. Really? Uh, yeah. And, and there's a great book that'll set you down this path. So if you don't <laughs> want to be me and you just want to like take the blue pill, uh, don't ever read a book called one second after uh, it'll change your entire damn life. Um, now I have but, to read that. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Hey, welcome <laughs> to the woods, man. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, but I, I did all this in preparation for what I knew was going to come. And, and, you know, I think we're kind of on the precipice of, you know, what's happening now. So, um, yeah, as a Bitcoin maxi, do I have some silver around? Yeah, I've got a little silver. Um, do I have chickens? I got a ton of chickens down there in mm-hmm. a family of seven out here. I've got, you know, almost 40 chickens. And so, you know, like trying to keep everybody fed, I've got, you know, a, a all the all the meat on hoof that I could possibly kill and then some out here in the woods and it, it, it's just things like this so yeah you could say I'm a Bitcoin maximalist but I'm gonna tell you like a lot of my my basics in life my food my water my shelter all of those things I can source right here at home and you know we're, we're fairly independent um, you know we've got a I think it's a 24 kVA type of generator on a thousand gallons worth of propane. And the only thing that uses propane is the stove in the house and the generator. So, you know, in terms of like being a, a, a prepper, a guy that's just independent, you know, we're already there. So could I have taken all that money, throw it into Bitcoin, live in a, you know, a shoebox somewhere with a 1984 Corolla? Probably, but you know, like there's also life to be lived. Um, yeah. and yeah, I, I would say, you know, if, if I have enough silver to probably get me out of the country and then I have the Bitcoin on the other side, when I get to where I need to go, that I can live a very comfortable life. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I guess mm-hmm. a, as extreme as you are, haven't moved out <laughs> of the country yet, but I, I've, I've started looking at it. So I'm even before reading this book, I'm already, already one, one foot in that, but um, I, I think I think it is important to have you know at least a little bit of diversification. I, I have trouble relating to uh, the hardcore Bitcoin maximalists who just put everything um, into Bitcoin. And no. I, you know, I'm someone who I'm someone who, who believes in Bitcoin as well. But to put all of my investments in, into one thing that just goes against pretty much all of my instincts. But can, can we? You want to talk about that for, for like two seconds? Sure, sure. So yeah. um, CPI since. Uh, uh, since 1913 is roughly 8%. Um, and so if you look at the returns from silver for gold, uh, for mm. the, you know, for oil and the top 1% of the S and P 500, if you 
word in any of those other classes besides that top 1% of the S&P 500, you actually lost money because gold doesn't perform at 8%. Silver certainly doesn't. Oil definitely doesn't. Uh, the S&P 500. So if you picked the best stocks from 1913 until now, you broke even in the stock market. The only thing that's outperforming- and, and Just to make sure we're on the same page, you're, you're talking comparing with inflation, right? Normalizing the yeah, dollars. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so it, and CPI for, for what it's worth, you know, when you start to see all this, and, and Michael Saylor gave a tremendous speech in Prague uh, this year about how this works. And so you see the game, even with gold or the best stocks in the S&P 500, it's all rigged against you. You're not gaining any type of wealth or purchasing power over time if you're in any of those things. So, you know, to, to have assets that are, you know, subject to, uh, you know, the, the banks and, and inflation and everything else, you, your, your risk is, is actually risk upside on the banking mm-hmm. or the S&P or the foreign exchanges, uh, you know, whatever else it is that you're in if you're not in Bitcoin. And that's, that's one of those things that you, you kind of have to see and look at and go, okay, like, I, I get it and I see what the upside is where if this stuff, you know, let's just say it catches on and a little bit of Bitcoin uh, is it's going to make you literally generationally wealthy. And, and, and like that's that's something that I don't think this species on Earth has, has ever really experienced. He's, no, people don't really understand exactly how much purchasing power Bitcoin is going to have because it's going to gain purchasing power forever. You know, and that's, mm. that's, that's an amazing thing to, to be able to talk about. Yeah, that's, and I'm definitely tracking with you on gold stock market. Um, I think the only thing that might be comparable would be real estate, depending on how you're investing in real estate. I think real estate is done pretty well. No, you're shaking no. your head. No. No, uh, and he he goes on to talk about this as well. If if you look at real estate, he uses Miami Beach, right? Is mm-hmm. um, you know the people who had real estate in Miami Beach literally get priced out of the market in Miami Beach because of the tax that they have to pay and the inflation that comes with it. Uh, and so you know the the amount of beach beach is beach, and it's one of those things where you should be able to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, you know what? But what happens with fiat in a fiat incentive structure, which is what we live in here in America, uh, is people put their money in real estate because it's, quote, unquote, the best return. It's still another casino. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, it goes up, it goes down, purchasing power, all those kind of things, depending on what's going on with geopolitics in that area and in and, and industry and how, how those people are incentivized that represent you in Congress or in the state house. You know, how those things are, are, are being manipulated by outside players. Real estate, uh, in terms of Bitcoin, if you look at it, and same with gold, uh, do, do a cross index with. Bitcoin and gold and Bitcoin with real estate. And what you're going to see is everything is going to zero against Bitcoin, which means the price of gold is dropping drastically right now next to Bitcoin. The price of real estate is dropping rapidly next to Bitcoin. What used to cost, you know, uh, let's just use the pizza, right? The, the 2009, uh, you know, pizza buy. Somebody bought a pizza for 10,000 Bitcoin in 2009. That's crazy. Yeah, we're talking like 14 years ago, right? And so, 
now, I mean, how many, how many pizzas can you buy for 10,000 Bitcoin? It's the same thing with gold. It's the same thing with real estate. So when you start to really look at these, like you're like, oh, you know what? I can actually buy more of this stuff later on if I want to with Bitcoin. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I wonder where that pizza guy is. <laughs> sold the who, who sold that pizza? Is that like a known fact? Is anybody is is that yeah? Is, is that person out there? I mean, is that person yeah. like I, visible I, to I the gear. public? I yeah. guarantee it. Uh, yeah. there, I, the, the transaction, the first transaction is out there and I guarantee you, um, the, I, I think it's accounted for somewhere. I think I read it like two years ago and it's, it's a fascinating yeah. story. I have to look into that because that is fascinating. Uh, so, I mean, you're, you're basically doing, um, you know, Bitcoin full time essentially, or part of the time with everything else you have on your plate. Um, as an account executive for Swan. So I'm a little bit familiar with, with Swan as a, a vehicle to invest in Bitcoin via IRAs. Yeah. Um, well, you can talk about that and, and everything else that, that Swan offers. Yeah. So I actually work on the, the Swan private team. Uh, we, we handle high net worth individuals and um, the IRA team and you know the retirement team, we'll just call them that. The, mm-hmm. Whether you have a 401k or a IRA out there, or even a SEP, or if you're in the military, a thrift savings plan, TLS, um, all of these things can be converted into Bitcoin. Now, caveat that with, if your employer holds on to these, right? Like if, if these aren't self-directed, which means, right. uh, let's say you started a job and you're dedicating through your, your business, um, an, an allotment, like those employers and the institution that they're holding that with are never going to let that go. Uh, you, you have to you have to make a separation some some way or form. However, if you've made separations in the past and you have four hundred one ks or IRAs that you have out there, and you want to take a Bitcoin position, you can definitely roll those over into a Bitcoin uh, IRA or four hundred one k with Swan. And you know the guys there that that handle the the IRA side are amazing. Um, you know what we what we like to do is obviously turn those all into Roth. Uh, 401ks or IRAs. And at that point, what you're not doing is realizing a capital gains tax at the end when you when you take your uh, distribution. So um, that's that's one of the products we have for uh, high net worth individuals. We just launched this uh, product called Vault. Vault's a pretty interesting one um, mm-hmm. where the, the, the deal with Vault is you keep two keys and then our, our sister company, BitGo, who actually uh, holds the Bitcoin uh, for, you know, the IRAs and everything else for, you know, if it's, if it's in our custody for more than 24 hours, it's at BitGo. Um, these, the keys for the vault, you hold two of them and then they hold one and they hold everything that you need to recover. So let's just say you got a lot of money or, or you got a lot of Bitcoin and mm-hmm. your beneficiaries aren't real tech savvy. They don't understand Bitcoin or anything like that. Um, you have an unfortunate demise all of your Bitcoin is going to go straight to your your heirs, and we're going to you know hold their hand through the process of uh, of taking over that Bitcoin so that they can you know not miss a beat and you know be able to pay for whatever they need to pay for and maybe just leave it alone and let it Bitcoin do what it does. There's um there's a couple other things we do. Uh, we we help businesses out. So if your business is looking at you know you know. Uh, diversifying their treasury uh, so that their business can grow like MicroStrategy. If you guys don't know who Michael Saylor is, I definitely mm-hmm. uh, urge you to look him up. He's He probably has more Bitcoin than anybody on earth, I think is um, is kind of where he's at, minus Satoshi, uh, who's sitting there with a million of them. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, with trust and, uh, you know, the, the business side, you can also, you know, if you are a small entrepreneur or, or something like that, or you have a business that you want to reward your employees with Bitcoin instead of, you know, fiat stocks and bonds and, and portfolios and things like that, we can, we can always also set that up. So, um, we, we've got a lot going on. And then the private side, you know, if, if, if Whatever your uh, investments are through Swan uh, at the exchange, if you had $100,000, whether it's through IRA or whatever combination, you're automatically in private. And so you get a dedicated point of contact like myself. Uh, you know, if anything is going on, you need, uh, you know, advice, you want to network, uh, you want some sort of bespoke service. Uh, we are we are a white glove type of service where we take care of anything and everything our clients need on the high net worth side. So anything over one hundred thousand dollars, like that's that's considered the private side, and uh, that's you know businesses, IRAs, you name it. So we we cover all that, and then we do special events, whether it's at Pacific Bitcoin, which is our uh, native conference to Swan, uh, it's held out in uh, Santa Monica at, in the fall, usually October. Uh, and then, uh, you know, whether, you know, it's the, the Bitcoin, uh, you know, uh, conference in Nashville this year or BitBlock Boom or a number of the other ones that are out there. Um, you know, we, we usually have a pretty good presence there. And we like to take out private clients and introduce them to people and get them, you know, moving in this Bitcoin space. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's one of those spaces where a lot of people are coming into it now that we're in a bull market. There's a lot of need for very talented people that are ready to bust their butts and uh, and help people onboard into Bitcoin so that we can, you know, realize hyper Bitcoinization. Hyper Bitcoinization. I've never heard that before. Really? <laughs> can you unpack that for me? <laughs> yeah. So hyper Bitcoinization, um, right now we take up, uh, about $800 billion in market cap out of a, an addressable $900 trillion market. So $900 trillion is the mm -hmm. uh, total assets for the entire world. So if you're looking at stocks and bonds, treasuries, uh, land, you, you name it. Uh, so as Bitcoin's market cap continues to grow, um, as you see you know, gold decline against Bitcoin, as you see real estate decline against Bitcoin, um, we're going to get up to probably $10 trillion in the very near future, especially with the ETFs coming online, which we can talk about here in a second. Uh, yeah, you know, definitely talk I'm, about that. I'm throwing around a lot of jargon here. Um, but as institutional investments come online with the approval of the ETF, you know, I think Blackwater alone holds somewhere around $12 trillion um, in, in assets. And, you know, as those guys begin to start pumping in even, you know, fractions of a percent, it's going to start moving the needle. Once we get to $10 trillion, we'll eclipse gold in terms of market cap. And at that point, we're looking at parity between cents and satoshis, which is the smaller part of Bitcoin. That that's that's kind of the exciting part is as Bitcoin becomes a world reserve currency and replaces the the failing dollar and anything else out there that's you know a fiat derivative of some sort. Uh, we're you know that's hyper Bitcoinization. Uh, we're we're looking at pushing this so that. You know, it it really frees people, and that's you know uh, I think we mentioned like Bitcoin veterans earlier. You know, that's one of the reasons why we started Bitcoin veterans is because Bitcoin, the Libertarian Party, veterans, all of these people that want freedom, like that that idea that was drilled into our heads as kids mm -hmm. in America, right? Is like we want freedom, we want justice, we want you know small decentralized minarchists, like almost non-existent government in our lives. That's what Bitcoin is a mechanism for. 
Uh, and, it, and it taps into that passion and that mission that I think a lot of us have as libertarians, as veterans, definitely as Bitcoiners. And uh, it gives you, you know, it gives you a, a real tool, uh, what we call a peaceful weapon uh, to wage war against the state, the Fed and the banks and the, the MIC and the rest of these organizations. So that's that's all, you know, part of the, the hyper Bitcoinization mission. Now you're, you're dropping all the acronyms, the, the, the MIC, the military industrial complex. Yeah. Um, I've been in this game too long, man. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people like, dude, who who are you talking to, John? This guy doesn't even speak English. I'm I'm, I'm used to the acronyms. I work in uh in the nuclear power tech field, so that's that's half oh. of what I hear is, is is acronyms. I didn't know you worked in nukes. Yeah, yeah. I was in uh, oil and gas for a while, and then two years ago, I took a remote job. I can't I can't really talk about it too much on here, but oh, okay. Um, yeah. We can talk about it after. Um, okay. So let's a lot of ways to pivot from that, but let's talk first about um, the spot Bitcoin ETF. You mentioned BlackRock. I think there's a couple others in the works too. Um, so I mean, w- when you think of BlackRock and uh, really the power that they have pulling the strings, the the, e- the ESG strings over um, all of these different companies. I understand that it's going to be good for Bitcoin um, overall to have it easier, more accessible for people to uh, to invest and identify with Bitcoin. But but is it really a good thing that that BlackRock is is dipping their toes into uh, into Bitcoin with a with an ETF? So because I think we got to go to kind of square one here is Bitcoin is just a communications protocol. And you'll see where I'm going with this in a second is Mm -hmm. um, because Bitcoin is a communications protocol. People need to think about it like TCP IP, like TCP IP is just the foundation of the internet communication uh, and, and how we communicate on top of that. Obviously we built things like, email and social media and Pornhub and the rest of that nonsense out there, right? And it's just like, mm-hmm. listen, that's what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is a base layers communication protocol. And with that, there is an incentive structure built into Bitcoin that if you don't operate by the rules of Bitcoin, a, a, a written mathematical constitution, then you don't you don't play ball in the Bitcoin market. You'll get you'll get pushed out one way or another. If you try to fork Bitcoin, you're going off and, and you're creating a new side chain, which is probably a security. Um, and anybody that comes into this space has to play by the rules. So it doesn't matter if it's you know one of us lonely plebs out here, you know, with a, a tiny little stack, or it's some giant whale with trillions of dollars in institutional funds coming into the space. Um, if they don't play by the rules, then it, they don't get to play. So they're coming mm-hmm. in. Um, they're going to buy a bunch of Bitcoin. Now, this is going to be paper Bitcoin. And maybe I need to slow down. There are 13 institutional organizations like Fidelity, BlackRock, State Street. And, uh, you know, it, I can't I don't have them all memorized. Right, but right. Trillions, tens of trillions of dollars in terms of institutional investment, sovereign wealth funds um, that are out there. And as they come into the space, what they're going to do is start buying Bitcoin, quote unquote, for their investors. Now, there's a difference between Bitcoin and what these guys are going to offer, what we're calling paper Bitcoin in the industry, because at the end of the day, when they get approved and they buy 
Bitcoin, they're going to have a pool of Bitcoin. And what they're going to do is they're going to say, hey, you know, Joe, you know, come over here. We'd, we want to know if you want uh, a, a section of your part of your portfolio dedicated to Bitcoin. And they'll say, yeah, you know what? Sounds like a great idea. It's obviously, you know, rocketing up in, in, in quote unquote price right now. And they'll start doing that. But at the end of the day, when Joe goes to take his Bitcoin, what are they going to do? They're going to give him fiat. They're going to give him paper money. They're not going to give them Bitcoin. They have, mm-hmm. there's no, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's nothing in the law that says that BlackRock actually owes them Bitcoin. So at the end of the day, BlackRock's going to hold their Bitcoin and they're also pretty damn close to the money printer. And so if they need money to give out in terms of dollars, I think they can probably get a hold of that pretty quickly. So is that a bad thing? Yeah, it is a bad thing. However, with that being said, you're going to have more and more and more people that are now, you know, they're in the in the Bitcoin market. They have some sort of Bitcoin position. And as they talk about this or they, you know, hear things about it because they're now interested in Bitcoin, they're probably going to hear from Bitcoin maxis like myself and the rest of the, the orange pill army out there that, hey, listen, what you've got going on at BlackRock? You need to sell that position with those guys and you need to take custody, take, get real Bitcoin and self custody in that in your own cold wallet. And that's, that's what we do at Swan. Like we don't want to hold your Bitcoin. We want, we want you to get a position and then we want you to withdraw it and we help everybody do that. Um, and so what this is going to do is this is going to catapult hyper Bitcoinization as uh, as currencies around the world continue to fail against the dollar. And then eventually the dollar, it's, you know, it, it'll strengthen for a while. And then at some point, the dollar is going to have to like it's going to die. You know, that's why BRICS is standing up over uh, in, in, you know, the, the, on the other side of the world. But as this continues to happen, you're also going to have places like MSNBC, who's done a complete. 180 degrees on Bitcoin. Now they're talking about it almost every day. And on top of it, they went from being the people that were putting out FUD about its energy use to the people who are now defending the fact that actually Bitcoin is strengthening the grid. It, you know, in, in certain places, you have Bitcoin miners that are soaking up all the extra le- electricity uh, so that they can buy, you know, as cheap a Bitcoin as possible or mine Bitcoin as, as cheap as possible. And then they have an agreement with the power companies that when demand grows on that on that uh, grid, that they start to shut down some of their miners. And so they're actually selling back energy. They make mm-hmm. money from that as well. So, you know, very profitable in, in those sort of things. So MSNBC is talking about this because who are they owned by? They're owned by BlackRock. The, the These guys own damn near every organization they have tentacles into everything and now you start to see that hey we're going to play by this incentive structure the same incentive structure that everybody else plays by and you know at the end of the day because it has to be favorable for us now they have to now they have to go out there and actually advertise bitcoin for the rest of us and that's what's it's 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 amazing to see a guy like larry fink go from 2015 to say this is a this is like the dot com bubble. This is a you know this is a fiat you know another bubble that's out there to turning around 180 degrees and having to eat eat his own words on international television to say no oh, you know what this is a flight to quality money now that that is an incredible thing one of the most powerful guys in the finance world saying exactly the opposite of what he once said. 
Yeah, well, one of the most powerful people on the planet, really. Um, yeah. When, when you when you get down to it, something that you said there, I just want to back up on, make sure I understood it. So you're talking about Swan, and when someone starts a, an IRA, um, that they're actually able to to own the keys and move that into into a into a cold wallet, or all right. So how yeah, does so that work? IRA, yeah. So IRAs are a little bit different. Okay. Okay. You could, you've got three choices with IRAs, and this is either leave them in your institution where they're going to get debased by inflation. You can take the penalty if you're not 59 and a half and withdraw that, um, right. which you're going to lose a third of. And then you can self-custody you know, all that into Bitcoin if you want. Or you can literally take that and push it all into a Bitcoin position. It's held by BitGo. Keys are sharded. They can't transact without you. Um, and when you take a distribution... Uh, it, it's in fiat, but it's one of those things where if you do it a different way, if you, if you're going to try, you know, to, to take your keys in, there are organizations out there that offer this. If you take your keys with you, then you're opening yourself up to attack from the IRS because right now there isn't a lot of, there's, there's barely any regulation at all from the SEC or the IRS, uh, in terms of understanding this. And there's a, there's a case out there, the McNulty case. So as soon as you hand over keys, basically what the IRS is probably going to do is say, Hey, that's actually a distribution. You you've taken a distribution from your retirement funds and now you owe us probably a penalty and, mm -hmm. and most likely a, a giant tax event because you're taking all of that money at once on top of your regular income. And so we, right. we just, we've tried to stay extremely conservative in the way we're addressing IRAs and 401ks. It's getting you out of a bad position into a better position. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you can take your distributions from there once you're 59 and a half. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I just want to make sure I was, I, I was hearing that right. Okay. Yep. Um, so th this is a, maybe a question you haven't, you haven't heard before, or maybe you have, but you talk about all the advantages of Bitcoin all the reasons why people should be um, buying it and holding it. What what are the disadvantages? Is there any downside to Bitcoin? Yeah, obviously we don't live in a hyper Bitcoinization world yet. Um, you know, you're not going to your local grocery store. You're not going to your gas station. You're not doing any of that and paying with it. Um, and so, mm -hmm. you know, in, in terms of point of sale, uh, we're not, you know, we're not there. We're, we're in what we call the accumulation phase. And I think, you know, that's the biggest thing. Um, that's probably the detractor. And, you know, we've obviously had the, the media and everybody else against us for a very long time. Luckily, uh, we got a bunch of smart people that knew the FUD before the FUD came to us and had arguments already ready to go. Um, I don't know if you guys ever saw the, the art piece that, you know, was, uh, you know, the, the green piece hit piece where this guy created this uh, skull of Satoshi, where it's this giant, you know, skull, it's green, it's got Bitcoin glowing eyes, it's got smokestacks and everything else coming out of its head. Um, and we actually co-opted that guy. Like everybody in the Bitcoin universe got a hold of that guy after they paid him a lot of money to create this amazing art piece. And they were like, Hey man, um, let me, let us tell you about what, Bitcoin actually does. So there are some disadvantages of, uh, out there, but you know, this, this crowd is like a bunch of jujitsu experts you know, they, they take these, they take the FUD and they take all the, the slings and arrows and they just turn it around to their advantage. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and they make hay with it. So, 
you know, I, I, I guess I'd, I'd say, you know, the, the lack of knowledge right now, the ease of use, because this, there is a learning curve, but I'm going to tell you guys, listen, I'm a former Marine for God's sakes. A lot, a lot of us were crayon eaters. And if I can learn Bitcoin and I can learn, like, and I will tell you, like, I don't have fiat exposure, right? I don't have it. And so, uh, in terms of practical application, you know, using cash app to go to the grocery store where I have all of my money still in Bitcoin and I can take it and I can move a little bit of it out of it to pay for groceries or to pay for gas. I can do it right then and there. Thanks to Jack Dorsey and cash app and square. Like I can do that right then and there. So times are changing quickly and our disadvantages are something that we're quickly making, you know, our advantages. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the, the most amazing things to kind of highlight that is um, there's a lot of people in the, what we call the global South that are unbanked, like literally tens and tens, if not hundreds of millions of people that have, you know, never had a bank account, have never had access to, you know, checking or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And what people in this Bitcoin space are doing is going into places like Africa, places like South America. Uh, they are setting up stations, whether they're hydroelectric uh, you know, a small hydroelectric uh, type of generator. They can set that up. They can set up Starlink. And now they can not only mine Bitcoin in that village, but they can give the, the village electricity. And they also have a denomination of currency that can't be debased that they can trade locally with each other uh, for, you know, things like food or water or whatever services that they're, they're carrying out in those places. So, you know, the, I think the advantages far, far outweigh the, the disadvantages in terms of bringing a world online, uh, that has a whole lot to offer versus what we've done. If you've ever read, um, I don't know, the great book, like, uh, the, the confessions of an economic hitman, like what we're doing in terms of destroying the IMF, what we're doing in, mm. in terms of destroying, uh, the World Bank, where they 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 put these loans together that go in and absolutely destroy countries by you know providing quote unquote uh, a infrastructure that is only there for you know whatever Western organization it is that wants to go in and, and mine their resources and so you know it, it's an amazing place to kind of watch take the disadvantages and turn them into advantages and then capitalize on the advantages on top of it. Yeah. I'm glad you talked about um, really, you know, the, the ease of use is, is not there yet. Right. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's not a secret. Um, and I, I do the same thing as you. Um, if I'm trying to use some Bitcoin, the easiest way to do it is through cash app. I think that's, yeah. that's a genius, uh, genius invention there. But ultimately like, you know, say, say you have someone like, you know, our parents' age, or you know, in their sixties, seventies, who uh, has no exposure to Bitcoin. Say they hear this podcast and they're saying, "Shane, I want to just buy a little bit of book, a little bit of Bitcoin." Other than Cash App, um, mm -hmm. what's another example of how someone should you know easily purchase some Bitcoin? I mean, should they go to Coinbase? Is there something else they should do? Don't. All right. First and foremost, don't go to any exchange that has any other altcoins on it. You need to go to a Bitcoin-only type organizations. Cash App is obviously one of those places where if you just want to you know, wet your feet, the thing is, is the Bitcoin on Cash App isn't actually your Bitcoin. You don't hold any keys to that Bitcoin. It's just a ledger that says, hey, you, you've got this amount of Bitcoin on here. Mm -hmm. um, but you can transfer that, obviously, into your cold storage wallet. Now, 
In terms of exchanges uh, that are Bitcoin only, you can go to a number of these. I- I'm obviously going to sit here and tell you, come to Swan. Uh, if, if you need help, Shane Hazel at Swan Bitcoin, or Shane.Hazel at SwanBitcoin.com. Um, I'll see if I can't pull up my number and, and give that to you guys by the end of the show. But you can come there. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, like I onboard people in their 70s and 80s every day. And to see the, the the quote unquote boomer generation wrap their mind around this and go, man, I want to leave something for my kids and my grandkids that, you know, they can't touch and they understand the whole freedom aspect of this thing. They understand uh, not getting debased. Like this is not one of those technologies that's un, unlearnable, right? It's like, okay, can you set up a wallet? If you don't know how to, we'll show you how to. We'll walk you through it. Literally, we'll handhold you the whole way through setting up a wallet. Um, we'll do test transfers where you get comfortable with the the way it works. It's like, you know, I, I kind of equate it to back in the, I think it was the late 80s, right? McDonald's didn't take debit cards. You, I don't know if most people even remember when McDonald's or some place like that didn't take debit cards. Oh, yeah. I, I, and I remember were, that. Yeah. yeah. There were stories all over the news like, what do you what do you think? Do you think this is going to catch on? You think, and you know, you had all those people, the same people that were like, well, the, the Internet's a passing fad. No, like technology's changing and te- technology's changing fast. And all you have to do is do a little bit of practical application with it, get a few reps. And then at that point, you're like, oh, I know how to transfer Bitcoin. I know how to set up a wallet. I can teach another person how to do this. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I think, you know, for anybody who thinks they're technically challenged, I, I don't, it's it's just new. It's something that you should be nervous about. Your feel like your little spidey senses should be tingling in, yeah. in this place because what you're doing is you're moving your wealth out of a asset class into another asset class. And I will tell you what, you know, keeps me up at night are people that, still trust banks that still trust, you know, the stock market that still trust, you know, all these different organizations that have been ripping people off forever. So I, I think, you know, if, if you want to get started, you know, give us a shout at Swan. We, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be high net worth or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, that's good advice. And, and the easiest, easiest way to, uh, oftentimes, you know, people build up, you know, these different, you know, monsters. We make things seem more difficult. We get paralysis by analysis. If if you've never bought Bitcoin, um, the, the best thing to do is to just do yeah. it. Um, dive in and uh, you know, throw yourself into into the fire, as they say. Um, I had another question that came up. I'm trying to remember. Oh, so I know that you're you know not in politics right now, not running for office, but you know I'm sure you're still you know looking at the landscape as it is. We yeah. have a presidential election. Coming up, um, I don't know. I guess Joe Biden is going to run. Um, apparently, so they're going to push him out there again. Donald Trump, if he's even if he is in prison, I think he's he's still going to be on the ticket for the Republicans. Looks like RFK is going to be. Um, he's going to be relevant for sure. I, I don't know how they're going to keep him off the uh, debate stage if he's polling north of uh, ten fifteen percent. Then you have your Libertarian candidate who. Looks like it's going to be uh, Rechtenwald. Um, anything could happen. Who knows? But we'll put him. We'll put Rechtenwald and Libertarian candidate to the side for a second. Um, out of those three, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, RFK Jr. Do, do you have a feeling for for which one is more friendly to uh, to Bitcoin? Um, well, I mean, RFK says he's 
you know, more friendly to Bitcoin. He was actually down in Miami this year um, at the Bitcoin conference. And he, you know, he had a tremendous speech. Uh, whoever is writing his speeches on Bitcoin and giving him, you know, the, the cliff notes or whatever he needed to get up there and, and deliver, um, he was great on Bitcoin. It sucks because he is awful on damn near everything else. Uh, my, minus war and uh, the, the, the rights to not be injected by the state, you know, like medical, some medical freedom. Um, that's so, a pretty, it's a pretty important one. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's a good one. yeah. I mean, after the past few years, obviously I think people are realizing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Donald Trump has come out many times and said, you know, I, 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 I we, we have to, we have to push the dollar. You know, we can't do that It's national security, national interest, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's what they start wars over. Um, Joe Biden, I don't know. Have you seen the Shane Gillis stand up yet? Because he talks about, you know, Donald Trump's performance and he talks about like, you know, Joe Biden was the perfect person to put up there because it doesn't matter what Trump says. Like there's nobody home in Joe Biden's mind. So he's absolutely impervious to uh, the chaos that is Donald Trump. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't think, um, I don't think Trump's, you know, pro Bitcoin in the least. Uh, like I said, Joe's out to lunch. RFK is pro Bitcoin, but I'm not. I'm not voting RFK for a myriad of reasons outside of that. Bitcoin doesn't care, and that's. I think that's the most beautiful thing. Bitcoin doesn't care who the president of the United States is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't care who anybody is, honestly. And I think uh, at the end of the day, like that's probably the reason why I've largely, I want to say, checked out of politics. But I've found this new tool to fight it with. And, you know, there's this great, uh, great quote by a guy named Buckminster Fuller. And it talks about this exactly. It's like something in terms of paraphrasing is you'll never beat the existing system by playing within it. You have to build something that makes the old system obsolete. And when you understand that Bitcoin makes this entire fiat system that is the MIC, that is the banking cabal, that is DC and the bureaucracy all obsolete, you, you sit there and go like, why would I, why would I pour my time into something that is playing in their sandbox? And, you know, with, by their rules and with their money, um, you know, we're no better off in the Libertarian Party than we were 50 years ago when we started the Libertarian mm-hmm. Party. You know, we're, we're, we're still eking out a couple percent if we're lucky. I mean, you think that's, I I don't think that's going to change the world and, you know, kind of strategically said, you know what, I'm going to go and and put my, my endeavors into this. So yeah, I know maybe a long answer to the question, but I, I don't, I don't think it really matters who the president of the United States is. I think what we're going to see is the fall of the empire, which I'm here for that. Um, And I think you're going to see a lot of decentralization, which is what libertarians are all about. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. decentralize. Hey, man, if you're a little pocket of communists wanting to go do communist things, you know, okay, don't don't pull me into that. And then, you know, if my little pocket down here in Appalachia stand uh, wants to do freedom things, I think, you know, there's I think that's what the world needs is that it just needs a lot more decentralization. Uh, and self-determination and sovereignty uh, over, you know, your local, your local people. So, you know, t- talking about presidents and influence that they have, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, even, you know, someone like Ron DeSantis, who's come out, you know, pretty publicly against like a CBDC. Um, yeah. Maybe Trump has too. I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I don't, I don't trust them <laughs> on that. <laughs> uh, so not even a little. 
on on a uh, on a CBDC, a central bank digital currency, it's it's coming. It's just a matter of time um, yeah. because they're going to have to because the, the dollar is dying, and and they're going to have to evolve and try to resuscitate it. How does Bitcoin um, protect us against a central bank digital currency? You know, when they start saying, you know, in order to buy in order to buy beef at the store, you have to have you know, the, the, the CBDC and you can only buy this, this, you know, amount of beef a month. And then you're, you know, there's CBDC no beef, beef under a CBDC, John, come on, man. That, that's, uh, you know, beef comes from farting cows and those are bad <laughs> for the environment. Right. <laughs> Unlike, you know, solar panels and all that. Um, yeah. yeah. So one day is going to come along and they're going to flip a switch and the consolidation of banks that you know, have reckless, recklessly, you know, been in this, you know, uh, basically a, a heroin uh, overdose for the past 50 years. Um, they're going to consolidate into the Federal Reserve and then the Federal Reserve is going to f- flip a switch and it may go even further. You know, there, you could see something like, um, you know, the, the World Economic Forum and the IMF get together and say something to the effect of, look, the world reserve currency that America had has blown it. We can never, ever entrust another nation to do anything like that. They, another nation can never become the world reserve currency for the entire world. And so what we need to do is we need to standardize this. And shame on America. We're going to fix this. It'll never happen again. Obviously, when they flip the switch like they did in Canada uh, during the, the trucker protests, Everybody mm-hmm. got locked out of their bank accounts and they started persecuting people that were dissenting. And so that's that's obviously the last place you want to be. So if you are in fiat, whether it's your bank, whether it's in markets, whatever it is, at some point, though, that fiat is going to get locked down. It's going to come with a social credit score. And at that point, depending on what a good little citizen you are. You're gonna you're gonna have uh, you know real privileges and allowances, and you may even have a stop clock that's put on you know what you can purchase before that you know that CBDC evaporates into nothing. So the way Bitcoin protects you against this is they can't control it, they can't touch it, they can't stop it, and you can transact with anybody around the world an instant payment system. And I think this is something that I think gets missed by even, you know, a a lot of the people in the Bitcoin spaces. The revolution isn't that we've created this magic internet money that is, you know, self-sovereign to anybody. It's that we are replacing and disrupting the payment rails that are around the world. There is, right now, to to be somebody that's part of, say, uh, a bank system or a SWIFT system that settles, you know, from currency from one country to another country, you have to get approved by a whole bunch of different, you know, bureaucracies that are out there uh, that are obviously all controlled by banks. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin opens up payment rails and payment systems to anybody that wants to be in the market. So there are things in terms of second and third layer in Bitcoin that are going on now so that payments are faster and like lightning is one arc is another fediments are, are, you know, out there now and they're, they're starting to work. Um, and I know I'm, this is a lot of jargon, but this is what this community is coming up with in terms of payment rail systems for around the entire world to settle, you know, instantly where they can't touch it. They can't stop it. They can't, you know, and a lot of times if it's non-KYC Bitcoin, they can't track it. So this is something that is a counter system and a disruptive system to the CBDC. So really, 
your choice in, I think, probably the very near future, I'd say probably less than two years with the track that we're on right now, is mm-hmm. you will either have some Bitcoin or you will have some CBDC. Either way, um, and I think those are your two choices. It's really freedom or slavery. Yeah, and, and the importance is, too, I mean, having the Bitcoin, but there also needs to be you know, a network of people using it, right? Especially, you know, if you're trying to buy some some beef locally off a local farmer, um, having that farmer using Bitcoin. I, I don't know if you, do you know Texas Slim? Are you familiar with? Oh, yeah. The Beef, yeah, initiative? The beef initiative. Yeah, he's, he's been, he was on this show probably more than a year ago. But uh, I, I think, I mean, that is, that is so key, having those, um, you know, community relationships, being able to set up those those local networks to uh, to transact at least I mean at least in, in the interim you know I think things will get built up over time right but um, when when this thing breaks I mean whenever they do flip that switch I mean it, it could definitely get ugly for uh, for a period of time for sure yeah I mean we and we use a lot of euphemisms and this like the escape hatch right like this is your escape hatch right now I think people think that you know Bitcoin being at you know forty three thousand dollars or actually forty four thousand two hundred like we're we're over forty four thousand dollars right now mm-hmm. this is cheap and maybe maybe this is something to to talk about I don't know how much time we got left but the the understanding that 97% of all of Bitcoin has already been mined and 70% of it has been in a wallet for over a year that hasn't moved. I don't think people really understand what that means. The people that have held Bitcoin for over a year has grown to all-time highs during a bear market of over 500 days, which means that the people that are holding this are not selling Bitcoin, which means there is a mm. small tiny fraction of bitcoin left for the rest of the world you have maybe 10 percent of the world that has some exposure to bitcoin that means i, I should say yeah about 10 percent. that means that about 90 percent of the world is going to share the last seven percent of the bitcoin that's mined from now until 2140 you're talking about ultra scarce type of commodity here which has never been done and a stock to flow ratio that's going to to continue to to creep down to almost zero so when that happens what you have is what michael saylor will say is digital immortality your bitcoin is going to get more purchasing power over time as time goes on which means you'll never use it all which means it'll be around for you it'll be around for your kids it'll be around for your grandkids depending on how much you have and how responsible you are with that kind of stuff so when when we talk about this as tens of trillions of dollars are starting to enter the market to compete for the last 7% of bitcoin this is still very early it is very cheap it's a once in a species opportunity to front run institutions to buy a little bit of bitcoin and so you know there's a statistic out there there's like 60 million millionaires in the world most of them will never own one bitcoin and if you start dividing out what the um you know the if you averaged eight you know eight billion people uh, against the 21 million Bitcoin that are out there, you're talking about a fraction of a Bitcoin, a, a, a small fraction, mm-hmm. something you could literally buy with a few thousand dollars right now. So think about that in terms of like, okay, maybe a little bit goes a long way with Bitcoin. And I don't need to be, a, I would say if you can get a whole Bitcoin, great. But in terms of buying some, buy some. Yeah. Change your life. And this, this ties back to what you were saying at the beginning. I mean, 
having that Bitcoin and holding it, that protects you against you know inflation. It protects you against the uh, Federal Reserve printing press and the deficit spending of our out of control government. So, yeah, man, um, this, this, I mean, I'm going to listen to this again and go back and be like, man, I should ask Shane about this or about that. Cause there were just so many different things. I was, I was trying to pick out um, different things to ask you about. So we'll have to have you back on um, down the road, but we're out of time now, but before I let you go, if you could just share um, your links, your, if you want to share again, your, your, your email or your number to contact you at Swan and your podcasts and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, send me an email, shane.hazel at swanbitcoin.com, shane.hazel at swanbitcoin.com. Um, if you are interested in getting involved in Bitcoin and we can help you out every step of the way, um, Bitcoin veterans, if you're out there and maybe you're not even a veteran, but you just want to hang around with really positive guys that are on a mission to do things. We've actually got a civilian uh, division that's already stood up. We have regionalized around the country. We've, we've we, This thing started in, I think, June, July. Um, we're 23 shows in once a week, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And it's a fun group of guys. And we have on amazing guests uh, that, you know, are, are, are veterans uh, that are, you know, all over the place in terms of, you know, what their backgrounds are and what they're doing in the Bitcoin space now. Uh, totally, just an amazing uh, thing. If you're interested in the Brave experience, that is something that's a little more uh, close hold right now uh, as to what we're doing and, and kind of for uh, a lot of reasons. But uh, mm-hmm. I think you're going to be seeing it more and more as we see it around uh, not only the country, but uh, around the world with what we're doing with that. And um, I, I don't know, Swan, uh, I, I will tell you guys, I have worked with a lot of professionals in, in terms of Marine Corps operations. I have worked with amazing people in the Libertarian Party. Um, and Swan is right up there with all of them. There, there's, a, there's so many giants in this space. Um, and a lot of them, I think about 140, 150 of them work for Swan now. Um, they are a amazing dedicated team and you know I, I joke about it is like you know everybody's laser focused and they've kind of put away the past for the mission of bitcoin and you know the, the biggest arguments we have at work is pineapple on pizza or no pineapple on pizza right so um they're they're there to, to help you um whether you're new or you're seasoned and you're just trying to to make sense of what's going on in the changing landscape um you can give those guys a call over there you can reach out to me and i'll put you in touch with who you need to talk to but john Really cool to hang out with you again, man. And I appreciate the the opportunity to be on your platform. I really appreciate that. It's a big thing to do. Um, and if you guys are out there, go like and subscribe, Lines of Liberty, uh, and Finding Freedom and the rest of that. John did, does an amazing job. He's been a stalwart in the, the libertarian scene and the liberty scene for a long time now. And I really appreciate everything you do, man. So thank you again for letting me hang out. Yeah, man. I appreciate you and appreciate those uh, those kind words there. Um, I think it was... But two was it two years ago when we met in person in uh, in Pittsburgh at the Dave Smith event? I think it was, was a long. Like, I think it was longer ago than that. Yeah, probably longer than that. It feels like a lifetime ago. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. been a while. <laughs> that was fun, and uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show again, man. Really appreciate it, and definitely, you know, check out what Shane is doing at Swan. Check out his podcast and everything he's working on. Um, one of the uh, definitely one of the good ones to come out of uh, the Libertarian Party and Libertarian movement. So. Appreciate you, Shane. All right, guys, that is a wrap for Finding Freedom today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. If you like this, please share the show with a friend. Just one friend, you can do that. Or share it with all of your friends. That's even better. 
Be sure to subscribe if you haven't subscribed. And also, like I said earlier, go check out Shane's podcasts and subscribe to those as well. I will link to everything that Shane talked about on the show notes page. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'll be back next week with another great guest. In the meantime, always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning.